Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. This is the reading for Palm Sunday. New Living Translation, Luke chapter 19. After telling a story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. And as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, why are you untying a colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest heaven. And in the language many of us are familiar with, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teachers, teacher, resolve, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Jesus replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God and let us pray. Heavenly Father, on this your day, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and be pleasing in your sight. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And please be seated. Anybody here like waiting? No! Oh, I don't like waiting. I don't know that anyone really likes waiting. Do you like waiting for Christmas? No. I don't like waiting for Christmas. I don't like, I don't like waiting for dinner. I can tell some of y'all are the same way right now. Do you like, well, sometimes you're waiting for a certain time a certain thing to happen. You know when it's coming up and you are hoping, you are hoping that everything will work out fine or maybe you've made plans. This is the kind of waiting for the in-laws to arrive. Waiting for the storms to pass over. You kind of have a time frame. You know when things are going to happen. You hope it happens well. Then there's that other kind of waiting. Well, we know this is going to happen eventually, but we're not too sure what it means, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen at. We don't know. That's uh, <laughs> kind of like one of those childbirth waiting situations. You know what's going to happen. You know it's getting closer, but you're not sure when. The last uh, dramatic retelling of a childbirth story 
that I heard included the phrase after 27 hours of labor. Oh yeah. That's a whole lot of waiting going on. This week as I was getting ready, then this was on my mind. There was this kind of millennial type song that stuck on my mind. We're just waiting, waiting for the world to change. Yeah, well, stop waiting and get to changing it, you know, come on. But see, I know what they mean because sometimes this world isn't all I wish it were. And I wish there could be a good change. Keep that in your mind. Let me ask you something. Were you aware there were two processions going into Jerusalem on that day? At exactly the same, well, roughly the same time as I understand it. You had Jesus coming from the Mount of Olives down the hill, passing all of these uh, Jewish burial areas because they knew the Messiah was going to come and appear at the eastern gate, so they all wanted to be there. Here he comes forward, people are putting their coats in front of them, kids are putting the palm branches down, they're singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And that's the one we remember. But there was another one, around the same time, there was a man named Tyler who was approaching Jerusalem from the west side. And he had (coughs) the retinue, the soldiers, the people who were paid and better be saying, welcome to this man in all of the pomp and circumstance that was required when you had the ruler of Bible. He was this symbol of the authority of the day. He represented Caesar. Caesar represented all of the pagan gods at the time. He represented what's been called the peace of Rome. Do y'all remember that Pax Romana? Been a while. He was the one who had all the authority. He was an expert in the political game. An expert in maneuvering for position. An expert at gaining power at the expense of others. But he wanted to see someone different. This man thought he had all of the power, the authority, the recognition. He would have probably been told and flattered to be told that he was the most important thing that was happening on that day. But on the other side of town, here was this carpenter. His procession was not of the wealthy and of the high and mighty or the powerful. These were the peasants, the poor, the faithful. He was not proclaiming his power and strength. He was proclaiming the strength 
and the power and the grace of the kingdom of God. He was proclaiming something that was almost taking this world script and flipping it on its head. And you see it all throughout the New Testament, the idea that where I am weak, there I am strong. That God said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Jesus was the ruler, this king, this heavenly Messiah who said he would not play this game. What he would do instead of exalting himself is humble himself before others. He taught his disciples, turn the other cheek. If your brother offends you or your sister, ladies, you can't get off. Forgive them. How many times the Pharisees say seven? I say 77 times or seven times seven. I think that'd be 49. But the point being, you keep on forgiving. You never cut the chance of that relationship and that restoration off. This was the one who instead of all of the riches said that the greater gift was the widow giving her last cent than the rich man giving a fortune. But I don't want to forget as well. Sometimes we need to reinforce and help some of our men understand that this was the stronger man. Why? It's very easy to let people flatter you. It's very easy to say, I want, I want to take all of this authority unto myself. The hardest play is often the sacrifice play. But Jesus of Nazareth turned down earthly power and took a mission that was to stand between us and the forces of death and destruction. So what the people reading this in the first century or there on that day would have known was that in just mentioning this one, not mentioning Pilate, but still in their minds for the person who was local, they would have said, you know, you had a choice. Which of these kings, which of these rulers, which of these people with others lauding them and praising them, which one would you choose? And there's a couple of little ironies here. Because throughout his entire ministry, it seemed Jesus had people who wanted him to be more the military, more the zealot, more the person like Pilate, the earthly power. I'm going to take up this strong authority. I am going to tear down this current system. I'm going to place myself on this throne. And you know, if you read in Revelations, that is coming. But this day, Jesus over and over in his ministry had given these indications that his kingdom was not of this earth. So he wasn't looking to be crowned in the way that an earthly ruler would be crowned. The disciples wanted him to call fire down from the heavens. Judas, we think, wanted him to lead a revolution. And today, 
it sure is tempting for us to cast Jesus in our image. If you happen to have read any of the multitude of books that have come out about Jesus of Nazareth, once heard someone have a very good take on it. He said, you notice that a lot of times when a person writes a book about what Jesus really thought, it turns out Jesus agreed a lot with him. Well, why don't we do something crazy? Why don't we let Jesus be Jesus? Because there are a million reasons the people of the day would have said that Jesus, this is not the right way to go about it. You don't know what you're doing. Look, you're just a little carpenter. You need to take things more uh, in hand. You need to make things more political. You need to stand up in this area instead of just over here. What you need to do is this, that, and the other. You need to play that game of thrones. Jesus' approach seemed that it would be a failure. But, and here's, I wrote down, here's the kicker. I had to remind all of you about Pilate's procession into Jerusalem today, didn't I? That was a person with the power. That was a person with the authority. That was a person with the force of Rome behind him. He was the one who knew all the tricks, who played the game. But we gather today to celebrate the triumphal entry of a carpenter from Nazareth. You know, I think that you can make a case that since that triumphal entry and since the people who were just wishing that this world would change and let's go and laud Jesus and praise Him and maybe something will happen. I think you could really make a good case to say the world did change. And it changed for the better. People who were beneath society's notice started to be taken care of. Hospitals opened. Children who had been left out to die were taken into homes. And all of this happened because this man, this son of God, followed his father's will and did things completely different than the world expected. You know, maybe if we let Jesus be Jesus, in us. I just have a feeling that he can always make our worlds change for the better. I was so fractured this morning. I said fractious, the truth is. I had lost my composure. Heart was going a little too fast. A couple of things that had happened I would tell you the stories, but I'd have to change the names to protect the guilty. One of which was me, so I better change the names. But guys, when we just take time to stop and think about what Christ living through us has done in our lives, that will make all of these things that tend to fracture us seem very unimportant. We follow someone who through sacrifice and service 
has not only changed this world, but has opened up the gates of life worth living here and eternal life in what comes next. Praise be to God. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Okay.